0: Rock chemistry. Rock chemistry. Rock chemistry. Rock chemistry. welcome to the depth chart podcast uh, my name is freddie maggard i'm joining you from beautiful Versailles, kentucky nick roush is in louisville and uh, we'll be joined by a couple of has-been uk players in a minute but nick uh how are you how's the house selling going and all that moving stuff
2: it would be the great great honor if somebody would do me a favor and buy my house as a birthday present so <laughs> that, that would be that would be wonderful
0: um, leaves me to say happy birthday Nick. thank you
2: thank you thank you 30 uh,
0: years old huh
2: yeah my back's really feeling it right now
0: <laughs> yeah i bet you're getting old man you know, but, uh, you know, what you need is some Shield from Sword Performance. Mm-hmm. Life That's is true. thirsty work, especially moving, Nick Rouse. Yeah. Life is thirsty work. But water and traditional sports drinks don't cut it. Created in Kentucky, Sword Performance offers Shield a brand-new innovation in the sports drink world. With bold fruit flavors, balanced electrolytes, and natural ingredients, Shield hydrates better, faster than water, and quenches thirst for anyone at any time, especially during the move. Mm -hmm. so go ahead be relentless nick roush shield always has you covered hydrate now with a bottle of shield available at your local kentucky convenience stores learn more at drinksword.com big weekend in lexington Mm -hmm. uh we'll talk about the game in a little bit but a big recruiting weekend for the cats as well
2: right right a big 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 weekend. Uh, it could get the ball rolling Friday with a commitment. Uh, Brandon White from Cincinnati Moeller High School is expecting to announce his decision. He is uh, he's a fast guy, one of those yeah. little little slot receiver. Um, he was he attended camp this summer and was one of the better athletes at the camp. So UK is putting a premium on speed, especially at the wide receiver position, uh, to get a guy that fits that mold and especially got two from Moeller that has given you some pretty good kids that uh, that would be a significant win over Neil Brown and the West Virginia Mountaineers in white's recruitment.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, Kentucky and West Virginia are going to head to head. And you could almost say uh, since Louisville really doesn't focus on recruiting in the state of Kentucky, that West Virginia is the in state competition for a lot of these players. And we see West Virginia, as far as one of the teams that, That that Kentucky recruits against on on a regular basis.
2: Right, right. Which is kind of funny. Like West Virginia and Purdue are more are bigger in-state rivals than Louisville is for Kentucky when it comes to recruiting.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean that's just that's just the truth of the matter. So uh, Nick, Kentucky went to South Carolina. Got a win. Wasn't pretty at times. Turnovers continue to plague this team uh but the takeaways, and we talked about this on the KSR football podcast, the biggest takeaway that I came away uh, from the game was was the was the advantage Kentucky had in the coaching arena.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you can start by the head coach Mark Stoops, you know I think he schooled uh, Shane Beamer, who's in year one, so you know give him some time or whatever. But uh, Brad White versus the uh, South Carolina coordinator Satterfield, was an absolute mismatch, and, hmm. and I think Wait, I think uh, White took him to task.
2: A Satterfield was overmatched in coaching. <laughs> wow, are they related? I don't know, but I would assume they got they got to have some distant cousin or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I thought uh, defensively, Kentucky yeah, owned the trenches, uh, tackled well, uh, did everything, schemed well, executed well. It was the best four quarters. That we've seen from this Kentucky defense in 2021, and I don't think it's close. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina rushed for 58 yards, which is which is which is staggering to me because Carolina averaged 160 yards a game last year. Returns all their running backs, who are very good, led by Kevin Harris. By yep. the way, led the league in rushing a year ago. Four out of five offensive linemen, the same quarterback, yet just – I don't know. I didn't see a plan. I didn't see – nothing that South Carolina did made sense to me. Uh, Doty hurt the cats a little bit when you got him out on the edge and they went away from that. Uh, went away from Kevin Harris in that run. I, I, I just didn't see any rhyme or reason uh, from Satterfield as far as how he called the play uh, – called plays against Kentucky. But, but you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kentucky in a football game 16-10. to 10, wasn't pretty, uh, but the Cats got a, a SEC road, road win and won the battle with the Columbia. Uh, so, big win for the Cats, and it's good to go on the road in that, that environment. I'm assuming it was loud. I'm assuming it was crazy. With the broadcast, you couldn't tell. I mean, I, it was – you know, they could be in broadcasting from uh, from my living room for all that matters.
2: Yeah, beating the, the, the schools from Columbia is important in the SEC pecking order. Um, not exactly the same paradise that Jay Dorch is in right now. He looks like he might be behind enemy lines on a Florida beach somewhere. Uh, it's looking nice over there, Jay. Ho- hope you're in, we're not interrupting anything.
3: No, man. I having a nice time with my wife down in Florida. Oh, so- wow. Where
0: are you at, Jay?
3: We're in Orlando. We came down with some friends and just sitting by the pool and having nice, nice dinners. Do you go to Disney? Of course, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Disney you? fan.
0: No, man. You got your... Oh, come on, Jay.
3: Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, you got
0: to be. Uh, hold on, Nick. We got we got to get into this. Yeah. So you're in Orlando and you go to Disney without your kids. Big Food and <laughs> Wine Festival down there. <laughs> okay. Now. Okay. <laughs> All right, now now I'm understanding that a little bit. I, I did so, like
2: too. We had somebody uh, message my radio show. They they went on their honeymoon to Disney World, which that doesn't didn't really scream honeymoon to me. Is hearing a bunch of kids and waiting in line with a bunch of kids, spinning
3: teacups. No, no, no. It, it, at Epcot, there's a it's a huge food and wine festival. It's pretty cool. <laughs> All right,
0: that things that I'm surprised at on a Thursday. <laughs> is Jay Dorch in Disney World by, without his kids. Jay, what would you think about Kentucky beating South Carolina
3: on Saturday? You know, a win's a win on the road in the Southeastern Conference. Um, and it was ugly and uh, frustrating, but, you know, again, uh, winning ugly is, is uh, sometimes a trait of a really good team, and, and we didn't get the best on, on what I thought. We were going to see the best version of Kentucky uh, last weekend, but um, you know, they pulled it out, and I'm sure the environment was, was loud. I'm sure it was a tough place, especially from a communication standpoint, uh, getting in and out of plays on defense and offense. But, you know, they won, and that's – it. again, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, that's a game we, we end up losing in years past. And uh, the fact that they pulled it out, uh, some people stepped up, made some plays. Um, man, we tackled in space better than we, we had all year. Yeah. I mean, the, the tackling last weekend was what I thought we were going to be. Yeah.
0: I thought the, the key to the game, one of the keys to the game, was defensively Kentucky held Carolina to 20% on third and fourth down. Those, those yeah. third down – those fourth down stops were, were crucial. Uh, interesting decisions by Beamer there, but uh, big time stops, three out of 12 on third down, 25% was huge. In uh, the other side, Kentucky was 50% on third down. Six out of 12 dominated the time of possession. The reason this game was close, the reason a lot of these games are close for Kentucky so far, is the turnover margin. Uh, I think I read or heard somewhere when an SEC team goes on the road since the year 2000 and has a minus three turnover margin, the chances to win are seven percent. And Kentucky, Carol- I mean, that's, that's yeah. and, and Kentucky goes to Carolina. I mean, that's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: And Kentucky goes to Carolina gets the win. Chris Rodriguez, Jr. puts the ball on the ground twice. Didn't lose it. So, Kentucky actually had, what, like, potentially five turnovers. But I, I liked how Mark Stoops stuck with his star and Chris Rodriguez for 26 carries, 144 yards, averaged five and a half yards of carry. <laughs> his, his long rush was 13 yards, so he got it done between the tackles but he went back to Chris Rodriguez at the end of the game to close out the win and move the chains when he had to. And then Matt Ruffalo uh, continues to be money and hit those critical field goals. Nick, of all the, all the statistical breakdowns and, and all that, what, what's your takeaway from the 16 to 10 win over South Carolina?
2: Yeah, I'm still sick of the turnovers, but I think what we saw is kind of what we expected in the trenches, and that's Kentucky came out sleepwalking against Chattanooga because they didn't have the right mindset. They didn't come with that edge. When they went on the road, they brought that us against the world mentality, and you could see it. You could feel it up front in the running game and defensively, and they're going to need to have it again this week against Florida, Andy. And that, Andy, I, I, I that's my biggest takeaway. I thought that was a good primer to get them ready for this Florida game, to rediscover that edge and that hard-ass mentality, hard-nosed mentality in the trenches?
1: Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt Um, we're starting to see Brad White find his mojo with this group. And, you know, I, I I don't want to sound like a homer and sound like we're holding back, but I think we're just gradually building for this run that we're about to take on in the next three or four weeks. And Brad White, and Freddie said it, you know, he wasn't sure what they were trying to do on offense. Well, you got to give that to Brad White. Brad White had those guys confused with his looks. And i tell you what, the, the difference this week, I think, will be bully ball McCall because they're going to have to double that kid. If they don't, he is going to wreak havoc. And that, I mean, he was the difference in the ballgame. I thought that kid is unblockable when he's full tilt. So, but get give – my, my hat's off to Brad White. I mean, he caught some flack early in the year, but I think they were playing pretty vanilla, and I think you saw a lot more run blitz and things like that Saturday nights that made a huge difference in the ballgame.
0: Yeah, and I think
1: – <clears throat> Go ahead. I mean, our offensive line, I mean, again, we're imposing our will.
0: Yeah. Um, it, on people. If you, if you look across the SEC, and let's just say in a hypothetical world that talent was dispersed equally defensively, when all 14 programs, I think two defensive coordinators stand out to me. Well, three, you can add Todd Grantham in there. I mean, I, I know we'd like to give him a hard time, but he, he's he's a good – he's a good, very good play caller. I think Brad White, Barry Odom, Todd Grantham. Then you can throw Kirby Smart as the head coach in there with, with Georgia. Uh, but as far as just a pure coordinator standpoint, I think Brad White's
3: one or two in the SEC.
1: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, he's going to be hard to hold for much longer for Stoops. But, um, man, he is – he just takes what he has to work with and maximizes it like nothing we've ever seen. I mean, he'll he will have this defense in the top ten before it's all said and done
0: and keep him there. Yeah, I finished top five in the SEC for two consecutive years, led the conference in pass defense. Nick, I thought that one of the factors for last Saturday – uh, going into the Carolina game, DeAndre Square was ranked fifth on the team in tackles. I thought he had to up his production. He did so. Finished the game with, with eight tackles against the Gamecocks. I thought he was really, really good. Uh, Carrington Valentine, uh, you know, I, the cornerback position is is thin. It's, it got help now with Andrew Phillips back, and and that's critical. Cool. I think Valentine is developing nicely, had four tackles, a tackle philosophy, quarterback sack. Uh, and then Jalen Geiger stepped up, went back home to Columbia and played a heck of a ball game. And Andy mentioned uh, Bully McCall. Uh, he only had two tackles, but what he does on the inside it forces the issue. He demands double teams, which frees up the linebackers. So it's not, it's not a surprise that Bully McCall had his best game and then so, in DeAndre Square's number of tackles increased to eight.
2: No, it, it, it shouldn't be a surprise at all. And, I, you know, some of those times it's like maybe you should have given Bully credit for it, like that fourth down stop because Bully yeah. got some push. Square had the blitz right behind him. Good to see those guys. And I, I really do think some of it was kind of a mentality and also knowing that South Carolina, they're just going to line up straight and run with you. It's much different. Ford is going to have a lot more misdirection this week. Um, where oh, they're gonna yeah. be reading ends, and they're gonna have quarterbacks running. South Carolina, it was about this most boring. That looked like I was watching CSAA football. Andy, I was out there at St. Dennis watching them running power eye just you know I formation, run right, run left. Like they did, they just said we're gonna try to run it at you. And Kentucky laughed at them. And th- that that attitude, I think Kentucky got their attitude back, and that's that's important uh, in the SEC.
0: Yeah, Jay, let's get, let's start our, our, our concerned or not concerned, and we're going to talk about this week. We're going to go, what are you more concerned about going just strictly with the Florida game? Are you more concerned about Florida's run offense, which includes a, a heavy dose of quarterback runs, Emory Jones, 57 carries, nearly 400 yards, six over six yards of carry, a couple touchdowns, Anthony Richardson who was held out of the Tennessee game to, to, to get fresh and, and overcome a little injury there, uh, 11 carries, 20, 275 yards, averaging 25 yards a carry. Are you more concerned with Florida's uh, uh, quarterback run game or about the the elite edge players that, that, that Florida has defensively? Jeremiah Moon, Brantley Cox, Zachary Carter, elite defensive players for the Gators, which one are you more concerned with?
3: We have not had a good history of facing a, a running quarterback and being able to stop them. So I'm more concerned about the running quarterback uh, for sure. Their rushing game is, you know, they – I think they lead the nation or are up there uh, leading the nation as a team in rushing. Um, and when you put you put somebody like Emory Jones and this Richardson kid, I mean, i have not seen that guy play, but obviously all the hype around him is, is pretty insane. Um, I do feel better just seeing how we tackled in space last last week against an SEC team um, with some some pretty good talent. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's for sure uh, the rushing game, especially with the quarterback.
0: Andy, are you more are you more concerned about the the, the Florida rush game run attack, which averages three hundred and twenty-two yards a game, first in the SEC, third in the nation, in uh, those quarterbacks or those edge defenders that are surely to to blitz and try to cause all kinds of havoc when Kentucky has the football?
1: You know, I, I mean, I think offensively we can we can handle the edge rushers with keeping them back a little bit with our run game, you know, and the, the run game for them and the quarterbacks, like Jay said, I mean, that, that has always given us fits. Um, But again, I'm, I'm going to put my money on Brad white. I mean, Brad white schematically is going to have something for them. You know, I mean, I, everybody was worried about South Carolina's run game too. So now South Carolina didn't have their own line, but, I like our chances in that environment um, against their run game. I think, you know, if, if we can hold them to 200 yards rushing, um, we win the football game. I don't know how much of a threat downfield they're going to be, but I think we're going to get enough pressure in the box from a pass game standpoint. That and uh, I mean, our fits and our tackling, like Jay said, our tackling is as good as we've had in years in space and that's i mean if we rally to the ball i think we're going to be okay
0: keeping emory jones in the pocket is going to be uh very important for kentucky hmm. nick uh, Yeah, you broke I, up the last time
2: i've, I've got uh, some numbers get, here though freddie that are that are fun on emory jones he's thrown yeah, more interceptions touchdowns than touchdowns
0: interceptions. <laughs> yeah yeah five five interceptions four touchdowns complete 65 percent of his passes uh, well, and his uh, Nick, yards uh-huh. per attempt
2: too, or only uh, the, the Texas A&M backup is the only person that has a lower yards per attempt in the SEC. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you can contain him running the football, you dramatically take out his use, his effectiveness in this offense.
0: Yeah. What, what Dan Mullen who, who calls it the head coach calls the plays for Florida. This is a Dan Mullen offense. I think last year was, just an, a different year when you had Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, all those pass catchers that are now in the NFL. Uh, Florida didn't run the ball very well last year, but or much last year. This year, with those two quarterbacks, and you can't forget about those three running backs, Malik Davis, Davis, Damian Pierce, and Naquan Wright have combined for 560 yards, six yards of carry. Again, that run game is three, 322 a, a game. Uh, Jay, as a linebacker, how difficult is that when you have three running backs you're going to get a fresh one just about on every series and two quarterbacks that can really hurt you in the run game how hard is that for the linebacking core
3: it's tough you know you got to play super disciplined uh, you got to have great eye discipline and and, and you got to trust your teammates that they're going to be in the right gaps and the spots and and then you got to tackle well i mean it's uh, the, the pressure like that when you've got a you know, I remember when we played bandy, we had Eric Jones down there. Man, that guy was dynamic with the ball in his hand. So when you basically got another running back in the backfield, and when you got somebody like Dan Mullen that can that can really schematically call up some plays with all kinds of motion and jet sweeps and all kinds of stuff, and, and you gotta have incredible discipline on, on your your assignment and trusting your teammates.
0: Nick what do you think what what is the what is the stat that you're looking for if you have one to say okay kentucky will win the football game if what is your number
2: i'm i think i'm more concerned about the explosive plays if they have zero 30 yard rushes or more and they're all you know 20 or less because Brad White, he compared it to playing a military academy like Army. You know, Florida's going to run the football. So the key is just making sure that those – when you get them in open space, there's gonna be times where you got these guys, it may not be a tackle for loss, but it may only be a two- or three-yard gain. You can't let them turn that into 10, 20, 30. You know, and that's – I think that's where this game is won and lost. Yeah,
3: and I agree. I think the – you know, if they can, if they got the personnel healthy enough, and, and uh, those maybe some of those guys like Drew Phillips are ready, you know, this, this big nickel package is going to be huge because you got Devontae and Corker and, and some really sure tackling uh, guys on the sec you know, the third level um, that can really schematically help that. Um, if you got if you don't have and can't play the big nickel personnel, it's going to be tough just a base defense.
0: Yeah, Florida leads the SEC and is seventh in the nation with
3: 78 plays of 10 yards
0: or more, 28 plays of 20 yards or more. So uh, Florida is explosive. In the SEC, uh, Emory Jones is second in the league with 13 plays of 10-plus yards. So the explosive level of Florida is something that Kentucky is going to have to account for uh, let's go to the offensive side, Andy. When, when you're playing a, a Bears front type, when you know Florida will have those three defensive linemen, move them around, move a lot, actually, and then have at least two of those edge defenders on the line of scrimmage, how hard is that to pass block?
1: You know, it's, uh, it, it come, it's by, like Jay said about defense, man. It's all about discipline and, and knowing your assignment and your key as to who's, who's coming, who's not coming. Um, again, I, I don't think you'll see a lot of the young guys in there in critical situations um, because you got to have a guy that's going to be disciplined and a guy that's been there. So, again, the edge goes to our line. Um, you know, the other edge, I think, and this, this might – you all might think I'm crazy, but having Eddie Grand back in the building with Todd Grantham and, you know, they can call him an analyst or call him a helper or whatever they want to call him. Eddie Grand's watching film with those guys. And Eddie Grant knows Grantham and Grantham Grantham gets out over his skis and he'll yeah. he'll give us opportunities for shots. And we just got to connect on them and we got to have, you know, uh, the, the past protection is going to be there. I think I, I don't I, I mean, he's going to get hurried because it's the SEC, but I think we're going to have, again, just some options over the top because Grantham will get too aggressive at times.
0: Absolutely, we know, we
1: know, we know. Grantham has given us opportunities in the past. You just have to look back at the Lamar Jackson game. I mean, yeah, that Eddie Eddie Grant had that guy read, and I know nobody wants to talk about it, but I guarantee you, Eddie Grant is breaking down some of that defense for him and helping.
0: Nick Florida will will bring the house on several occasions. What that does, it puts man to man press, man coverage on the outside. Against receivers, Wandale Robinson, twenty-five catches, four hundred yards, averaging sixteen yards of uh, reception, two touchdowns, hundred yards a game. How important is is it for for Wandale to get behind these Florida uh, uh, corners? Now, I will say this: Florida has a corner, Kair Elam, as a as an All American, did not play against Tennessee. I'm sure I'm pretty sure he'll be back yeah. on Saturday. That that's going to be a heck of a matchup with Robinson against Elam at the corner
2: yeah and this is one of those games where wandale could just eat (laughs) you know i mean if you're going to play this high risk high reward game if you're going to play with fire you can get burnt with a guy like wandale robinson back there especially if you got zero free just just get a few steps on him he can get steps on guys he's an athlete like that so it really comes down to i I think this is a big game for dare rosenthal uh I Thought he answered the bell well against South Carolina, but they didn't ask him to pass protect a ton. Stoops isn't I don't think I, I think we could ask him all year. Dare could make the block of the century. And I don't I don't think stoops is ever going to publicly praise him because he wants him to stay on his toes. If he comes out there with that edge and puts some good tape out there and gives Levis time to throw, that's what this I think this game really comes down to for UK is timing up those shots right, and then being able to hit some because they haven't hit on really any since that Missouri game. So it's it's time to get back to that explosive playmaking in the offense. Jay,
1: Florida.
0: Well, just back, I'm well, sorry.
1: Just, just on that, going back to their defense, Tennessee was in that football game with them midway to late in the third quarter and had some critical drops. Some guys were wide open on some underneath mesh routes and different stuff like that, and Tennessee – had multiple drops in that ball game, and they were in that game late into the third quarter. I just think when you – we've seen what Liam Cohn's capable of dialing up. And, again, we've controlled the line of scrimmage in the two SEC games we've been in, and I don't think we've seen as much for that reason because we all know Stoops wants to run clock and run the football when he can. But I think you're going to see a lot of underneath stuff, and I think Wandell's going to have a huge day because – Not only does he have speed, that kid's got strength to get off the ball and get away from people, and we haven't had that in this offense really with anybody, and I think that kid's going to be the difference because he's going to win the one-on-one matchups, and he's going to win all the stuff across the middle of the field.
0: Jay, Florida allows 241 pass yards a game. That's 13th in the SEC and has only intercepted one pass. Uh, The Gator pass defense is is, is their liability. On defense, how does Kentucky take advantage of that?
3: Well, I, I think you know we've talked about Emory Jones and Richardson run. I think you're going to see Levis get some yards too. Uh, I think he'll break out of the pocket because when they're in when they're in man uh, and they'll be in press man the whole day, he's going to have some chances to run. And I, I just hope that they you know take the what it's given to them, they get some underneath routes and and we've been talking about. It. I'd love to see them get the tight end involved. Um, a little bit more on the pass game, but man, you know, if Levis is is patient and he doesn't force the ball downfield and and like he has, and I, I think they're going to do really well in some of that underneath stuff. But he's going to have some chance with his feet to to make some make some big gains. Nick, yeah, I think that that'll that'll that's going to slow down the edge too. Okay. Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: Nick, I think that that Levis. Had five carries, 30 yards against South Carolina. I thought that was that was exceptional. What do you think uh, the quarterback, uh, Will Levis, has to do to beat Florida?
2: That's a good dose. Um, you know, handful of carries, five and a half yards. Make a couple big plays up there. Um, but really, I think it just – I hate to be boring, uh, but it's it's playing some mistake-free football. <laughs> you know, this
0: yeah.
2: Kentucky can you you can beat a bad South Carolina team and turn it over that many times, but you can't continue to shoot yourself in the foot as much as they have recently. And I know it's not all on Levis, but you got to step into a deep ball that you're throwing across the other side of the field. I don't care how big your arm is. You know, that, little mistakes yeah. like that, you just that, they can't happen.
0: Yeah, uh, one thing that, I, that that is concerning over Kentucky's four games is I think that we've seen four different Kentucky teams. I'm not for sure who this Kentucky team is. I don't know how good it can be. But one thing that, that's, that's hurt, Kentucky has been hidden yards. And a lot of that has come with a minus nine turnover margin, which is last in the country, and in special teams in the punt game. Uh, 40 yards of punt last week, was down from 50 uh, that, that Colin Goodfellow had against Chattanooga. And then another punt that was allowed to roll deep into Kentucky territory. Uh, I think the punt game, to include the punt team and return team, is going to be critical against Florida because you can't, give, in, 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 a, in a game that you're an eight-point underdog, you can't uh, put yourself in the hole by continually starting drives on the two, three, four, five yard line. Uh, Jay, how important is is special teams and, and most notably the punt team, the punt game against Florida?
3: It could be the difference in the game. I mean, we all know a special teams uh, breakdown can just flip the flip the momentum and and uh, stall it on both sides. I mean, I. think. They got a big punt return, or we got one. It just changes the game. And again, it's it's getting in your lanes. It's making sure that you're trusting your teammates and you're doing your job. Um, but man, special teams is it, it's a big deal.
0: Nick, does something spectacular have to happen for in Kentucky's favor to beat Florida? Whether it be a pick six, a return for a touchdown. Uh, anything of that nature. That, Kentucky have to have a spectacular moment to beat the Gators. No. Or Kentucky no. go toe-to-toe and beat them.
2: No, because they've gone toe-to-toe and beat them. They just made spectacularly bad plays in all of these losses. I, I completely forgot about that 2019 game that despite Sawyer Smith getting hurt and throwing that interception in the end zone, basically, that was a pick six, that was spectacularly bad, and yet they still had a 35-yard chip shot field goal to take the lead with 50 seconds to play. They miss it, and then Florida scores a 75-yard touchdown two plays later is the dagger to go up eight. But that was the last time they came to Kroger Field. Kentucky just can't let the spectacularly bad happen. You can't have two guys go completely uncovered standing near the sideline to just catch basically a punt in the end zone. This series is a close one. Even last year, you had things – you were winning going into halftime, and then you did something spectacularly (laughs) bad and you gave up a punt-return touchdown. You don't have to – pull some sort of rabbit's foot out of your you-know-what for this to happen. You do not need Bud Dupree to have a pick-six-tip pass into the end zone with two minutes to play to be able to win this football game. You just can't make catastrophic mistakes. And, unfortunately, they, they haven't been catastrophic, but Kentucky's made a ton of mistakes in the first month of the season, and it's that's why it's hard to believe that all of a sudden all those fumbles are just going to go away.
0: Yeah, leads to uh, our next point. Minus nine turnover margin last in the country, which is a trend now. I mean, first two games was, oh, we got to get this cleaned up. Third game is, uh uh-oh, and then you go into game four on the road with a minus three. Uh, That's an issue. That that is a problem. Is that something that Kentucky can get cleaned up this week, Nick?
2: The the part that worries me is just that the the fumbling – I can live with interceptions, but just coughing the ball up in traffic, there's not going to be less traffic. I guess Josh Ali's probably not going to be in traffic as much. But I do worry that this is – there's more to it than just being random at this point because it's happened so many times. I mean, it's been 13, 14 times in four games, I think, that you've just coughed it up. And even if you aren't you know, actually turning it over, you're still – hurting yourself because those plays, you've got five more yards a game before you've got to stop and just go dive on the football. So I, I'm, I'm very worried that it's – that isn't just a fluke at this point.
0: Andy, if Kentucky wins the turnover margin and rushes for more yards in Florida, will the Cats win on Saturday? I don't think there's any doubt. I, I you know, talked
1: about their quarterback earlier. I think it, the, really the key to this game for us is – Obviously, the turnover margin, you win that. But if we could get – keep these guys in third and medium and bring some heat, this kid's going to – the quarterback's going to keep us in the game. I I don't think that quarterback's going to be able to beat us if we can keep them in third and medium. We win the turnover margin because I think we're going to pick a couple of passes off of him because the pressure. You know, everybody was on uh, our defense early because we were just playing vanilla. But now you saw last week they started mixing in again. Some of that run blitz and some of that edge blitz, and we started getting to the quarterback. And I think you're going to see a heavy dose of that stuff if we can keep them in third and medium, not give them third and shorts. You know, not give them. You know, uh, let them stay ahead of the chains. If we can, if we can control the chains, we'll get turnovers. Now, our turnover yeah. thing is, you know, I, at some point, you know that that it's becoming a habit, and it it can be mental. Um, everybody's talking. The more people talk about it, the more it's going to be a problem. Um, But I, I don't know. I I think that environment Saturday night and these kids, that's why they all signed here. Marl's been telling them all for 10 years. This is why you're coming here is to play in this game. So hopefully we can keep the ball in our hands and keep those guys in third and medium and create some turnovers.
0: Field position is going to be critical. I do think that Dan Mullen is a four down play caller, meaning that, he frequently goes for it on fourth down. If it's close, he's going to go. Uh, Jay, uh, as a as a defensive player, when you under, when you know that an offensive play caller is calling a series for four downs instead of three, does that change your state of mind and how you approach uh, defending the Gator offense?
3: Uh, I mean, I guess yes and no. Um, you know the. We all know he's a great play, play caller, and he's going to have, have those those uh, sequences where he's got three and four plays called. But it all comes down to just disciplined football uh, with with these guys. Yeah, if you if everybody's in their right spots, and it, you know, we've got dudes everywhere on the defensive line at the second level and the third level, and if everybody would just stay in their lane, stay in their position where they're supposed to be, and carry out those their assignments it won't be an issue, but if they get ahead of the chains and they're just coming downhill on us every time, and, and I, I do think that one issue that I've seen with our team, it has not done well setting up the tempo, um, and, and I don't know that, that I haven't watched enough of Florida whether they bring tempo or not, but our defense has not been set when teams have gone at, at high tempo with us. And I don't know if it's just the plays not getting in from the sidelines or or what. But that, that concerns me if they go tempo and get way ahead of the chains and, and they get those those long drives in.
0: Yeah, I think I think the defensive line, you got two pros there, Bullen, Bullen McCall, Josh Paschal. Uh, I thought Ox played well against South Carolina. His best game, maybe not statistically, but that defensive tackle position away from Josh Paschal
3: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the
2: deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
3: Do I have to say? Yes, you do.
1: In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
3: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All
0: right, Nick, your, your favorite segment of the, of the podcast, Best Bets. Go around the table. Hmm. Starting with you, Nick. Arkansas is an 18 and a half point underdog at Georgia. Who you got?
2: Man, as much as I want Sam Pittman to do well against his old boss, Georgia, man, they're playing some murder ball right now. They look like old school Alabama, just mowing teams down. I know that was Vandy, but God, they look good. I, I, I think as good as Arkansas has been and Traylon Burks is, I just. I can't trust the Hogs here. <laughs> Georgia's the best football team in the country right now. And th- they're going to take care of business once again, against Arkansas.
0: 18 and a half. You still good with that?
2: Yeah. 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 They Name your score. They're good. They're Andy. that good.
0: Andy.
1: I'm going to go Arkansas cover. I like Sam Pittman. I saw a doc- not a documentary. They did a little article on him on sec network the other day and, He's got those guys believing, man, and he's got a little bit of talent. You know who would have who and who would have thought they would have done what they did to Texas A&M? Yeah, there's no nobody in the country saw that coming, and that's you know that's attitude, man. And the guys evidently a pretty good coach. He's doing it his way, so I'm, I'm going to take Arkansas
3: and cover. Jay, I got Arkansas to cover as well. I, I think he's the ultimate players' coach. Those dudes play so hard for him. And, obviously, he can coach, too, and he's got some guys on his staff that can coach. I mean, they have shown – I mean, in two years, it's been unbelievable to see what they've done. Yeah.
0: They're the state champions of Texas beating the Longhorns and the
3: Aggies. When I saw their – with his press conference, I'm like, man, this dude is a a joke. I mean, (laughs) he He is amazing. Turn
1: on that jukebox. (laughs) He's awesome. Is Barry Odom his
0: defensive coordinator? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He he's good. Good. yeah.
0: That guy's a pretty good football coach, too. <laughs> yes, he down. is. Nick Rouse, your favorite team is a seven point underdog at Wake Forest. So you got the Cards or the Demon Deacons?
2: Louisville's actually played Wake Forest well in recent years. Um but yeah, I don't know. What's the number on this one, Freddie? Seven. Huh. God, I wouldn't touch that thing with a ten foot pole. The ACC is so bad; it, it really is. What a garbage football conference! Can we can they, we relegate them to G six instead of Power Five? I mean, <laughs> it's so bad. I I well, wouldn't trust either team here in this spot because uh, Louisville at least has a little bit of momentum now. They went from fire in Satterfield to they're going to win. They're going to go to the ACC championship game. So maybe this is where the wheels come off a little bit but they they actually have played wake Forest well in recent years so that's why i don't i don't really trust it wake probably wins narrowly but they ain't covering seven points
0: yeah i thought i think louisville's played well the last couple of weeks i mean, uh i think Ole miss might be just that good out, out in the open i thought louisville was better uh, than most going into the season and uh you know I, I, wake Forest is not exactly a Raucous environment, whatever the name of that stadium is, and the ACC is a mess. I would argue that the AAC is a better football league at this point. Uh, Jay, Cardinals are a seven point underdog at Wake Forest.
3: I'm going, I'm going with the Deacons, <laughs> man. I can't go with the Cards. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know, man. I think they're all hat and no cattle. I mean, even though they've played, you know, decently the last couple of weeks, I just don't think. I. I think, uh, I'm not sure about Satterfield. Um, yeah, I'm going Demon Deacons.
0: Who you got, Andy? I'm going to go Louisville because I want them to
1: be 8-2 and two when we play them 8-3, whatever, with a chance to think they're going to beat our ass in November and we go in there and curb stomp them again. And I think Limbo might even score again. I'm going to take the cards. Cards all the
2: way, baby. Bowden still scoring touchdowns on you,
0: Set that table, please. <laughs> <serve it> up. <laughs> uh, Nick, the Fighting Irish are a one and a half point favorite against the Cincinnati Bearcats at Notre Dame. Who you got?
2: Man, uh, I will I think Notre Dame, they've got they've 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 impressed me enough. It's it's almost like they're they're kind of playing like Kentucky in that they don't do a ton to wow you, but they keep on winning. You know, I know that the kick return was the ultimate equalizer and the game changer in that last game, but they keep finding ways to win. So I think even though that uh Cincinnati will want to get in the mud with Notre Dame and kind of play an ugly lawn just classic knockdown, uh, knockdown drag them out game. I do think Notre Dame will ultimately prevail.
1: Andy? I'm going to take UC straight up. I think UC uh, – I think Luke Fickle is probably the hottest coach out there as far as young coaches that could get a big job. And quite honestly, he's probably in line for that, that job because Kelly doesn't get it done. He'll be done in the next year or two. Luke Fickle is a great football coach, and his football teams are physical and in shape. They will run and run and run, and they you, you can't wear them out. We've been watching them up here for a few years, and they they are physical, and they get after people. I, I think they go in there and upset them.
3: Jay, who you got? You got Cincinnati as well. I love watching their team play. I mean, they play with energy, and you can just tell they're having fun. Um Coaches are and players are close. It's uh it's a fun environment to watch. Yeah. Luke Fickle one, is dynamite. The other big SEC
0: game, one of the three big ones, Ole Miss is a 16 and a half point underdog at Alabama. Nick, is that too much?
2: No, no. But I it might be down to 14 and a half, too. That that line's been all over the place. <laughs> I actually really want Ole Miss to win here, but I I think it's also kind of a sucker's bet. Alabama's letdown might have just been that Florida game. So I'm still going to ride with the Rebels and, 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 you know, just sprinkle a little bit of money on that money line. Um, but I, I do think we might be getting just caught up in all of the the hoopla from their wins a few years back. Uh, this is probably the time when Saban reasserts his awesomeness and and gets it done.
3: Mm. Jay Dortch, who you got? I got the tide. I think I think Saban circled this game after last year um, with what happened and wants to make a statement to one of the, his former assistants. Um, uh, it's tied all the way, Andy. It's kind of
1: hard to go against Saban. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a game early. I, you know, the, the one thing you can't doubt about uh, Ole Miss's offense is, I mean, he ran offense against Alabama's defense every day for how many years? Three. I mean, so yeah. he knows what Saban's going to try to do to him. You know, it's just going to be. It's going to come down to that Carol kid. If that, if that kid plays Heisman like. They'll be in it late. I, I'm going to say they probably cover, but
0: Saban is going to win the football game. There ain't no doubt about it. The, the, the game of the week, Florida, as of this morning, is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Kentucky. Nick, who you got and why?
2: This is going to be a close game. When you bet against the spread, you're wise to bet Kentucky because that's how this series has gone as of late. I'm a little worried about the turnovers, though. I don't – as much as I want them to finally get rid of them and move on, Kentucky can't win this game if they continue to turn over the ball like they have. There's nothing to lead me to believe that they won't. So, I I think ultimately Ford is going to win, um, but Kentucky's going to cover the spread. Let's call it uh, 27-24. Andy,
0: Kentucky's a a seven-and-a-half point underdog. Who you got?
1: I hate bookies because they're they're right a lot, but I'm going to go against the bookies. I think the Cats win, and the reason why is for five years now, I mean, Florida's been our measuring stick. It's been my personal measuring stick. When we line up and play football and you see the teams, it used to drive me crazy to see how much bigger other teams were than us and how much more physical everybody was. And Florida's just one of those teams that every year I've measured our growth with. And we have been physically better than them for five years, in my opinion. I think we have played with them in the line of scrimmage. We've given up some big plays, and we've had some dumb plays that's kept them in in, in the victory column in this series in the last five years. I, I just don't think our kids are wowed by them anymore. I think our kids believe they can win. I'm going to do the homer bet here and say the Cats win. I hate bookies because they're right a lot, but I think the Cats
3: get the W. Yeah. I'm going with the Cats as well. I, I think it's the ultimate line of scrimmage game, and I, I like our chances on both sides of the ball. Uh, and after watching the tackling space last week, I feel a lot better about uh, the quarterback run game and, and what they're going to bring. You know, it's it's good on good. That, that's the best thing they do is rush the ball, and I think that's one of the best things we do as a defense. And uh, I think offensively, you know, We're going to settle in and just take what it gives us. You're going to see Chris Rodriguez. I mean, that helping drive last week. I mean, how beautiful is that? It kept their offense on the sideline. You know, we just ate up a bunch of clock, almost eight minutes, I think. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. I I do think Levis hurt him in some key spots with his feet. And like Nick said, you know, Wondell, if they do press man on Wondell the whole day, it's going to be tough for them. I got Cats. Two
0: numbers to look at for me. Turnover margin, obviously, and rushing yards. If Kentucky can have the advantage in those two columns, I think Kentucky wins. Uh, If not, then then no. I I don't think Kentucky can afford turnovers, uh, and I don't think the Cats can allow uh, Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson to combine for 135 or more yards then I think Florida wins. So, uh, it, it's going to be a, a fun game. Uh, weather could be a factor. I know they're mentioning rain. Uh, both teams are heavy runs, so I don't know what that would do. But it certainly couldn't help Kentucky's turnover uh, situation. And that's something that, that you have to factor now. You know, four four games is is more than a trend. It's it's a problem. So, uh, that, that's a number to look at in field position. I look at the punt game is also critical part uh can't lose a bunch of hidden yards in the punt game you can't give florida short fields and you can't afford to have long fields if you're kentucky so those are a few things uh last bet last bet of the day jay Dortch. you you went two for two in getting the fights against florida are you going to
3: get in a fight at disney world during this football game Well, I'll be back. I'll actually be in the stadium. We're coming up. We're coming on tonight. So Cheryl and I—that's our first game. Making it back, so we're gonna go. We're excited.
0: (laughs) All right, the Kroger KSR game of the week. West Jessamine is at Woodford County. West Jessamine's quarterback Jacob Jones, Pookie Jones' son, has a UK offer. He's only a junior. Can throw it all over the field. Our Colts are three and two, going at Woodford County. 5-0, 5 and 0 the number 2 ranked team uh in RPI and 5A uh Nick Roush, who you got?
2: I'm I'm sticking with the home team in the yellow jackets from Wofo. i uh, happy for Dennis Johnson that they were struggling early on in his tenure there. Glad to see him bounce back. They're going to get this big dub Friday night.
0: Andy, who you got? You got you got two uh two UK legends going at it. Some uh, a little bit with Pookie Jones' son at West Jesman, Dennis Johnson at Woodford County. Who you got?
1: I'm going to go defense. I'm gonna, I'm guessing Dennis Johnson's got a defense. So, I'm going to go uh, Dennis Johnson, Woodford County. Uh, all you quarterbacks, all you guys all talk about throwing it all around, but it comes down to running the football <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> and uh, West Jesman's
0: not going to be able to run on that defense.
3: Jay, who you got? Yellow Jackets, home team for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Woodford County, and I'm gonna go even further and say I'm extremely happy that uh, KSR chose this as the game of the week since I can walk to the game. So uh, it's just right <laughs> across the street from me, which I uh, I am uh, incredibly grateful for. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Woodford County. I saw them beat a, a really good Franklin County team, and and, and something that that Woodford County's done a really good job, and one of the factors in this game was chosen. Is they're packing that place over there, I and mean, it was it was jam packed for the Franklin County game. They're expecting another crowd like that tomorrow night, so should be a fun one uh, here in Versailles. All right, final uh, final final takes, gentlemen. Nick Roush, Kentucky, Florida. How do you see it? Uh, how do you see it play out, and what happens?
3: Uh,
2: ultimately, I think Kentucky does make a few plays. They're going to score on the first drive once again, play with the lead for a little while and try to milk the clock. But Florida quarterbacks are going to be frustrating. They're going to make one or two big plays, and then a, a catastrophic fumble is going to have fans just leaving Krogerfield disappointment. I hope I'm wrong. Please pray that I'm wrong. Uh, but like I said, I think Florida ultimately wins another close heartbreaker at Krogerfield.
0: Well, uh, I, I take back, I do not wish you a happy birthday today. I hope it's a <laughs> bad day. Andy, what's your final take on Florida-Kentucky?
1: I think Todd Grantham's going to keep us in the ball game. I think uh, he's going to get those red cheeks all flared up and his head's going to look like it's going to explode. I think our offense is going to play lights out. I think they're going to put it together. Um, I, th- I don't think the Richardson kid is going to be a big factor for Florida. I mean, that was a hamstring, a pretty bad hamstring pull. And I'm not so sure that's not mulling with a little coach speak, just trying to give us something to think about. I mean, if that kid's a factor and he's got to pull a hamstring more power to him. but pull hamstring and trying to do what that kid's going to have to do to have success. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm way off on that, but. I think Grantham is going to give us opportunities and we're going to hit some shots and that place is going to be loud. We're going to have him in third and long a lot in offense and that kid's going to turn it over three times. Cats win.
3: Wow. Jay Doris. Yeah, I'm with Andy. Uh, I I think Grantham, he has just had a history of being too aggressive and he's going to have those guys pin their ears back. And if you do press man with, with Wondell and Ali, and then leaving Levis, you know, a chance to get out of the pocket, make some big yards. And, and then I think C-Rod, man, he's, gonna, he's he needs this game. And, and our offensive line is going to make a statement again. Um, and, you know, defensively, uh, I just uh, – man, how we tackled last week. And it was interesting listening listen to Brad White this week and just the, the quiet confidence he has and, and – and, here in the interviews with DeAndre Square and with some of the guys, I just feel like they're ready. I think I think they're locked in. Um, last week was a uh, it was an ugly win, and I'm not sure they weren't looking towards this game uh, as players because this is that game that that you just dream, dream of playing in. And uh, I think you have to do it. I,
1: I think we've had this game circled for two years. I honestly. agree. I think Stoops has. He has been laying and waiting for this ball game, and they they knew they'd be 4-0, and they just found their way to 4-0, but they knew going in this year they were going to be 4-0. They were not going to not let that happen. And the other thing is we have a quiet confidence in ourselves, and I think the fan base – I mean, really, when they came to town a couple of years ago and it was game day and all this kind of stuff, I mean, all the hoopla, there's no hoopla around this game. I think there's a quiet confidence in the fan base and, and the players especially. I mean, I just think, like we were saying earlier, I mean, they they match up physically. We we match up with them very well physically, and I think it's just going to come down to, you know, who makes a few less mistakes.
0: I think you can gauge the confidence in a football program by their uh, invite list and recruits. And there's a lot of big recruits coming into town Friday, Saturday night, and that matters. But the actual game, there again, I hate to – say this over and over, but there's two numbers I'm looking at. Turnover margin, rushing yards, with a third one uh, not being paramount, but being highly important is the field position game. Uh, Kentucky can't lose that. Can't give Florida short fields. Can't have 85-plus yard uh, field position to score. uh, And then turnovers. Florida also coughs it up now. The Gators are minus three in a turnover margin, so uh, they're not exactly great as far as turnover margin goes. Not as bad as minus nine. So turnover margin, rush yards, the, whoever wins that will win the football game. Nick Roush, happy birthday. I hope today is wonderful for you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: Jay, try not to get in another fight with Florida while you're down there.
3: You're 2-0 you're and
0: old right now. I don't want to see that record uh, diminish as you get older.
3: Yeah, I'm retired.
0: No, nah, I you can tell everybody else that, but I know you. Andy.
3: <laughs> I am from Paducah, makes
0: sense. <laughs> Andy, I hope you have a good weekend. You going to the game?
1: I'll be there about kickoff. We got center in the afternoon, so uh I'll I'll do my superman switch over to some white. I gotta wear white. We're on that white side, so but I'll have uh center at one and then hopefully roll into the cats right at about five thirty.
2: Beautiful.
0: Good day. Will, will, will the stadium look like they want, Nick Ross?
2: Yeah, kinda. Not all the way, but kinda. It'll still look good. It's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. Can't wait for a raucous Kroger Field.
0: Has has Florida right. been on the road? Has
1: Florida been on the road?
2: Yeah, they no. play
0: that South Florida.
2: No, Freddie, that that doesn't right. count. <laughs> no.
1: Okay, so have they been on the road? They haven't been on the road, dude. That's no. huge. Yeah, huge. Yeah. That no. that place this is, is going to be wired. Saturday night, man. Yeah. I mean, this I don't is... care if it rains, snows, it's gonna be loud. I'm telling you, cats are ready for this one.
0: The last time Florida played in front of a somewhat loud crowd was at Texas AM last year. Wow. And you remember Mullen was really <laughs> complaining about that game. Pack so the
2: swamp. pack the
0: swamp. Yeah, pack the swamp. Well, guys, thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Remember, Sword Performance built into bluegrass, built by Sword Performance. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Like us, rate us as a five star deal. Tell your friends and go, cats.